Welcome to a good football show. I am Matt Straub. Today we're going to be looking at some potential winners from the upcoming and ongoing NFL roster cuts with a number of veterans set to leave their current teams or already having been cut. We will forecast some of the players who stand to benefit. I'm joined by John Daigle, Denny Carter, and Pat Doherty, who was here last week back from his move. But I don't think, Pat, we got a chance to discuss your sparse new background look, especially the globe, I think. I, I know I've noticed it. Was the globe there before in your previous background? Um, no, it wasn't. It was up. It was it used to be on top of the bookshelf. I was in front of the bookshelf, but it was on top, so it wasn't visible. But you know, John said I couldn't rip him off and have you know he needed to be the only one with the Spartan background, but I am ripping him Nothing. off. But then I'm trying to yeah improve, so I'm signaling both that I'm a man of the world uh, with the globe, but then also <laughs> sending a signal to my tribe. St. Louis, Missouri. I'm a Cardinals fan. I'm still one of you. I may be a big, successful podcast person now, a man of the world, but I'm also still a member of my home tribe. So that's where the globe and the hat come in, Matt. You really broke that down for us. Thank you. <laughs> and I, I, I made that up on the spot, by the way. I, oh, okay. uh, I really would like to be in front of a bookshelf, but my I, wonderful new office, I have this immovable desk and I can't basically get a good background. And yeah. I'm trying to make anything work right now. And yeah. I did a globe and a hat. My suggestion would be to, you know, work out for a few weeks and then you you'll be able to move your desk. You know, <laughs> I think if you if you get if you get just a little a little well, stronger. It's actually like a bookshelf with a desk attached to it, but it's not a book it's it's a long story. I need to be in front of a bookshelf like elitist to Denny. And for now <laughs> I'm going with man of the people, John, and going Spartan. Just go to I, IKEA. That's where I got this thing, this beauty right here. IKEA. All I way. never buy European-made products, Denny. Ever. You are you are a, a, a real American, I would say. Yes, never European. All right. Some news to hit here at the top. Ben Roethlisberger is back for one more ride with the Steelers. He'll play the upcoming season at age thirty-nine. Had just three thousand eight hundred three yards last season. Did throw for thirty-three scores. Daigle, as limited as Roethlisberger is, is it fair to say this is? better than whatever the alternative probably would have been in terms of fantasy and I guess reality. That's my takeaway is that I don't know what they would have done except to bring back Mason Rudolph and have him start under center. And so will Rossberger's dead arm as he showed over the second half of the season be better than that? Yeah, most likely. Uh, I still worry about his conditioning and if it can last a whole season. Because recall, like I said, how bad he performed at the end of the year, uh, 11 touchdowns to six picks despite averaging 45 attempts per game in the second half of the season. And even those numbers are a little skewed since he did have that terrific second half against the Colts. But other than that, the first half was miserable as well. We saw in the postseason he performed one of the worst first quarters, if not first halves, in NFL postseason history. So, again, it's best because I don't know what else they would have done. But overall, there's still it's still a situation to be very timid about. It's interesting because it's like a real deal pay cut, like at least like a five million in like terms of real cash pay cut, which it was kind of inevitable with a forty-one million dollar cap yeah. number. Like that's not tenable, even if you're Ben Roethlisberger. But still, if he was still playing at a high level, there would have been some different way to finesse this, some different way to finagle like this new deal. And he took like an actual pay cut, which the yeah, players just in his position almost never have to do. And that speaks to, as John said, basically how underwhelming, how unimpressive he was last year. 
but it, it also speaks to just like the lack of alternatives. Uh, the Steelers I mean, last year, I think it was a talking point needed to get more serious at their number two quarterback spot. Uh, they did not do that. It, I mean, maybe that almost helped things because there was no quarterback drama. There wasn't like a distraction of a quarterback competition or, a, you know, like we need to bench Ben because there's no viable options, but I, they still like Ben is back, but I would consider this not settled at the very least. They have to get a more viable number two quarterback. Mason Rudolph is not a viable number two quarterback. It's wild that the the consensus here, and and you know, rightfully so, I think, is that Roethlisberger coming back is certainly the best for the Steelers um, because you know there there is no other there is no plan B, and I think that speaks to like Pat said, like the lack of of long term planning. I don't know. If, you know, the Steelers thought that Roethlisberger was going to play into his 40s at a high level, there was no real reason to believe that, especially after the 2019 season. So you would think that they would have started to, you know, get the ball rolling in the direction of a of 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 life after uh, Ben Roethlisberger. But they have not. My my fantasy takeaway uh, as far as pass catchers go is that, you know, Deontay Johnson is in for another million targets because Ben Roethlisberger loves throwing the ball to Deontay Johnson. Yeah. And even with Juju Smith Schuster likely to walk in free agency, like this will still be a supporting cast that could give him fantasy success and you set him up for success in real life. But even at age 39, you would think the two years removed from the surgery, he'll be a little physically better this year. Uh, but it is far from a guarantee and it is a, a big gamble. Uh, cause it's not that he played poorly last year, like that he faded down the stretch and played horribly, like in their most important games. So this is uh, this is a gamble by the Steelers. Almost as if, like, of course he was trying to play great, but almost as if, like, he couldn't have played better. Like the arm was truly dead in those last eight games. All right. So as we mentioned, we've already seen some roster cuts. More on the way. Today we're going to be trying to forecast some of the potential winners from that roster fallout. So we'll start with a few that have already happened. And let's begin in New Orleans, where the Saints have released Jared Cook and Josh Hill. Cook coming off a season where he had around 500 yards and seven scores. How do you assess the potential impact there on the Saints receivers group, Daigle? Adam Troutman, I know, was a prolific dynasty player that people could buy low, um, has the athleticism, has the college production. I'm not going to sit here and tout a tight end three. Uh, it just doesn't matter as it proved last year, but I will say he's going to open with opportunity because I think we could still see Emmanuel Sanders cut as well. Um, and that's what really the, the theme here is here for this year. Everyone says like a bloodbath for free agency and it will be, but it's not going to be too many players of significant impact. A lot more veterans who will give you like one year uh, at, on the field this year to make your team competitive, but no one really for fantasy. I truly think the takeaway and all the players we're going to talk about is going to be the fallout and the winners from the players that are getting deleted from the offense because those are players just going to land one-year deals and just bide time until next free agency. And Troutman, I'll say that he's going to be old for a sophomore. He's already 24 years old. So, you know, that could complicate breakout odds sometimes. But, you know, someone they traded up for last year, that's a big vote of confidence in the player. And as John said, it's it's not – this isn't just because of belief in Troutman. Like, there are fi- obvious financial reasons behind these cuts. But when you cut two veterans and, you know, the young player who you traded up for is there and the next guy in line, I mean, that is a big vote of confidence in the player. Someone who tested really well is a very intriguing athlete. 
big target. I believe he's like six foot five. Uh, Johnson Emmanuel Sanders can still be cut. It's gonna still be a very narrow target tree, even if they add people via the draft or bargains and free agency. So Troutman is a guy who I feel like was hyped in lots of corners of fantasy Twitter, uh, not undeservingly so. And uh, someone who could definitely be fantasy viable in just normal fantasy leagues. It's far from a guarantee, as we know, with young tight ends. Uh, but Troutman is certainly in like the top 18 mix right now. Like he's on the radar as someone who could start off with a nice ADP and maybe rise throughout the offseason. Top 18. That's that's I mean, bold. That is kind of bold. bold, actually. I take that back. I, I'm kidding. Uh, I mean, I'm in the top 18 tight ends for next year. So, <laughs> the, the, but uh, the target domination of Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas uh, make, you know, whoever is going to be the starting tight end, the primary pass catching tight end for New Orleans is going to be touchdown dependent, most likely, unless there's a, an injury to one of, you know, one of those target dominators. Um, we saw that, you know, with with Jared Cook for most of his time. Uh, with the Saints is that, you know, if he didn't score a touchdown, he wasn't going to give you a whole lot. Um, last year, he did. In fact, I think he scored, what, seven or eight touchdowns. So if you could, like, transfer that to Troutman, I think you're talking about, like, a very worthwhile late-round pick. But we're going to be talking about Troutman more as a, a streamer, I think, than a, uh, an every-week kind of no-brainer starter. He's someone who could be, like, a viable streamer, too, because he's got a smart coach, like someone who will play – matchups you know game taylor game plans to match up so yeah maybe against those leaky tight end defenses that can kind of be where troutman first comes on the scene he's hype jay sternberger like last year not the <laughs> results of jay sternberger but hype until uh some guy named robert tunyon came out of nowhere and no one believed in camp despite the athletic reporting it that he had taken over the starting role over sternberger but yeah that's what troutman will be someone you draft is like your tight end three at the end of best ball rounds and probably just doesn't matter at the end of the year all right, let's keep it in the tight end aisle for a moment here. Kyle Rudolph has been released after about 18 years with the Vikings. It's hard to get excited about many tight ends in waiting, but does Irv Smith's talent rise to that level for you, Denny? It does. You know, I mean, he really was useful when Rudolph was hurt and, and on, on sideline for the end of last season. You know, Irv Smith with Rudolph out last year uh, commanded five targets per game, caught 3.8 passes per game over those last four games with Rudolph injured Irv Smith ran the eighth most pass routes among all tight ends. Uh, the one issue that, that, that cropped up is that we have Conklin, we, uh, whose name, whose first name I can't come up with right now. Oh, Tyler, Tyler. Tyler. actually Evan Silva Conklin, T- uh, T- Evan Silva is obsessed with Tyler. Conklin. Yeah. So Ty- yeah, Tyler Conklin had as many targets as Irv Smith and almost as many pass routes as Irv Smith over that last month of the season with Kyle Rudolph sideline. So that's a little bit, I think of a kind of a, a yellow light here on Irv Smith, but the athletic profile, uh, you know, really fits what we're looking for as far as, as a cheap tight end. But again, if a tight end's name is not Kelsey Waller or Kittle, we're looking for touchdowns like we it's so the position is so touchdown dependent and i don't think that changes for for irv smith he's still only 22 years old Uh, he's a former top 50 pick there was like you said the intriguing splits without rudolph there was the the conklin concern but i think he he only ran the 29th most routes amongst tight ends and still turned that into a five touchdown season you know at a very um young age Yards per catch is a weird stat, obviously, but it spiked big time for him. It was under nine as a rookie. 
I was over 12 as a sophomore. Even with like Justin Jefferson's like all pro level emergence, it's still a narrow target tree. Um, maybe Conklin will be involved. Maybe they still want to keep kind of like a two tight end approach, but it's an offense that we, we do know continuity with Clint Kubiak uh, replaced Clint with a K replacing Gary Kubiak, mm-hmm. a system that does target and feature tight ends. See, he was an intriguing move prospect when he came into the league and there hasn't really been anything to disprove Like he's an intriguing talent who has the room for a lot more and his career is still on a good trajectory for a tight end. And to your point, Denny, it was a small sample, but even so, we search for tight end spike games. And two of his spike games, of course, came in that four-game stretch that Kyle Rudolph was out to close the year. Three of his five touchdowns came in that stretch, and more importantly, he had 50 yards and at least one touchdown in two of those last four games. So just the fact that he was on the field playing a season high in snaps and running season highs in routes in those games that Rudolph was absent tells us that hopefully they'll just keep the same offense and use them that way again. Uh, I imagine he would be a top six tight end, but again, it's I just I just hate even talking about tight end. I'm not yeah. Denny um, outside of outside of George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. That's right. Well, I apologize, Daigle. We're not done with tight ends yet, but we'll <laughs> take not? a break. Who else? Next. We'll ta- I I don't want to ruin it. Some excitement oh, okay. on the back nine here. Some excitement on the back nine. Okay. Speaking to John's like lack of enthusiasm about tight ends, the same thing with teams because they keep paying tight ends a lot of money and then cutting them and right. creating fantasy opportunity for young players. All right, the good news is we're taking a break from tight ends. The bad news is this one other cut that's happened that we want to talk about is not exciting. We are going to get some hypotheticals that I think are more intriguing. But quickly, one more to check off the list, and this one's going your way, Pat. Congratulations. Golden Tate has been cut by the Giants after a season where he posted a robust 388 yards and two touchdowns. You don't want to overstate anything in this case, I think, but could there, in theory, be a fantasy impact here for any of these Giants receivers from Tate's departure? I mean, I would love to say it's for my favorite player, Darius Slayton, um, but it probably it's hard to say like a player who's like an established veteran, like Sterling Shepard, this will like really affect them. But I mean, Golden Tate played almost all of the giant snaps in the slot last year. I think it was 85, 86%. And Sterling Shepard, I feel like is still most natural in the slot. And Golden Tate departing, leaving, will maybe return Sterling Shepard to his like more natural home of the slot. And can maybe be the thing that finally gets his career back on track. That and staying healthy is what Sterling Shepard has to do. And yet, so it's like a weird answer. It's not a fun answer. It's not an actionable answer, really. But I think Golden Tate leaving could really maybe at least stabilize Sterling Shepard's floor because he should be playing more in the middle of the field. It's helpful for Golden Tate that he escapes this offense. From Hayden Winks' terrific offseason previews that everyone should be reading, uh, Jason Garrett, who they, of course, retained for no good reason, led an offense that finished 31st in points, 31st in red zone trips, 30th in passing EPA, 30th in overall plays, and 27th in adjusted sack rate. So just escape Jason Garrett, and not just that, but Daniel Jones, who was piss poor in Jason Garrett's first year calling plays. Didn't eclipse 260 yards after week one and failed to throw three touchdowns in any game last year, not to mention still fumbling 11 times, not fixing that major issue that overshadowed him in his rookie year. So it at least, I don't know if he'll be relevant. I could see him popping up as like a one or two game streamer in DFS, but just to escape the grasp of this organization, the offense at least gives him life at the end of the tunnel. 
right. escaping the black hole of Jason Correct. Garrett. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Giants are going to have to find somebody else who is going to do somersaults into the end zone twice a season. <laughs> uh, you know, without that, I don't know what the, uh, that offense is going to do. But you know, to Pat's point. I would think that Sterling Shepard would be a beneficiary here. It, I guess it depends on who else they bring in via the draft or, or free agency. Uh, but, you know, for a team that will probably be forced to throw a lot, um, even if they don't really want to, uh, you know, Sterling Shepard, if he can, if he can play 16 games or something in the realm of 16 games, um, I think he could, he could benefit from, you know, Tate leaving. I have to build off one Denny point. There is this a massacre in the NFC East for receivers to do somersaults into the end zone with Deshaun Jackson yeah. and Golden Tate cut in the same it, off season. So yeah, look out if you are an NFC East somersaulter. The, the league should be, launch an investigation. Yeah, honestly, they should, they should colluding against them. Yeah. I want to take a second to remind you that our premium product subscriptions at NBC Sports Edge cover all sports. So right now you can still get access to NBA, NHL, college basketball, and MLB premium products as the baseball draft guide. Pat is now available for 10% off any subscription. Enter the promo code GOOD10. That is GOOD10 for 10% off. Okay, we've talked about some cuts that have happened now, some hypothetical or maybe even likely ones. Let's go around the room here. What's a situation you've got your eye on, Daigle, for a little roster turnover and someone who might benefit? Okay, so yeah, that's the basis of this podcast is to not only predict uh, players that are going to get cut that we can pretty easily see will get cut, but then to proclaim the winner for fantasy or just overall uh, once that player is cut. This one, I'll start with a little bit of a surprise, although I think he will be cut. I'll, I'll listen if someone wants to yell. The purge has already started in Denver. Jarrell Casey, A.J. Bouye, both released for a combined $25 million free cap space. And the Broncos have a choice to pick up Von Miller's $18 million club option. But given the direction of the organization, not to mention that he has this really weird criminal investigation hanging over his head that no one is talking about. We literally know no details. The team, and uh, that's about it. And himself, Von, are the only ones who know the, the details about it. Leads me to believe I think he will be cut. And if that is the case, the winner in all this is not Drew Locke, but it's the backup quarterback they signed in free agency because Locke is going to get benched within the first eight weeks. They've already been open about potentially moving on and at least adding competition, and we know how Locke will play. Thus, whoever steps in is in a similar situation as to Dak Prescott last year. Not talent-wise, of course, since Dak is above average, but the fact that he has the offensive talent in place and there will be, outside of Justin Simmons, Literally no defensive playmakers or pass rush that we are scared about whatsoever. So the foot will be on the gas at all times and altitude for whoever steps in. So my winner is the pending backup quarterback in Denver. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick, I, I was going to say. I genuinely would love it. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I think that is the absolute best fit. Um, I hope they do so. Yeah, I mean, John is right. Like if Vaughn Miller is gone, like that, that purge continues because it was Jarrell Casey, correct? He's already been cut, right? And he, yes. he was on the he was on the Broncos, right? Uh, I know about correct. defense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do. He was injured for a majority of the year, yeah. so you're excused. It is a big difference between the Broncos and the Cowboys, where they will at least have Vic Fangio, one of the top defensive minds in the NFL. But I mean, John is absolutely right. A team that has invested so much in its offense the past couple of years is not replenished on defense. 
and it is going to be that kind of situation where it is going it, it, really John made it's a perfect comparison. They could be this year's Dallas Cowboys and they are set up. You have so much intriguing talent and Drew Locke. It does not appear. It's going to be Drew Locke. Uh, they gave John Elway like a graceful exit from GM to a promotion. I think it'll be the same thing with Drew Locke. They're trying to say the right thing. So Drew, and I think maybe they'll keep Drew Locke, let him develop maybe one or two more years as a backup. But I, I fully agree with John. They're going to sign like a viable number two who will probably become the number one. And yeah, there are so many intriguing pieces in this offense that there's no way that quarterback will not be streamer viable. Uh, Elway was promoted to the farm where they take old oh, GMs, oh. I think. Is that oh, no? no. Uh, they, so uh, uh, yeah, Fitzpatrick, give me Fitzpatrick. You're right. Matt said this. Matt said this a couple weeks last week. He said, "Get you get right, get Fitzpatrick to Denver." We'll say yes. I don't remember. I don't remember anything past four days ago. I said Carolina. You said Denver. I think anyway. Yeah. Oh, I I love I love that fit and and yeah, that offense is uh, just waiting to boom. I'm all in on a defenseless Broncos. Who wants to go next, Pat? You got a situation in mind for a potential beneficiary from cuts. I do. I, Denny has one in mind that he has like pages and pages of notes on. So I oh. won't take who he has yeah, or so. mention who it is, but yeah. I was, this one's not a guarantee, but I mean, John Brown has been mentioned as a candidate to be cut mentioned by the very smart Greg Rosenthal amongst many others uh, can clear almost 8 million in cap space. And I'm sure the bills would like to keep John Brown around. He seems seemed to be kind of one of the linchpins of their offense, at least for the first half of the season last year is kind of one of the guys who makes it go. Uh, but he, he has concerning injury history. He missed almost half the season last year. They did kind of finally overcome his loss in the second half of the season last year. And, you know, just an elite, not, elite's the wrong word, like a really intriguing fourth-round rookie in Gabriel Davis last year who already outgained uh, John Brown as a rookie. You know, someone, even when John Brown was healthy, they were kind of forcing into the lineup more. And he was someone who was kind of buzzed about as like a day-two pick but kind of like the analytics people, like you really need to keep an eye on Gabriel Davis this year. And that really panned out. And I mean, almost set, over 17 yards for catch, seven touchdowns. Like doing that as a Corona rookie in an offense that already had three established NFL receivers, like that is pretty special. And Gabriel Davis, yeah, the arrow's going up, even if they retain John Brown. But if they don't, Gabriel Davis could be one of those players who just kind of becomes undeniable. And even with Stefan Diggs, can make, force his way like the top 30, top 36 at receiver. It's a situation similar to the Titans last year where we just wanted them to bring it all back for one more time, and they did so, and they were successful doing so. And I think that's the Bills this year. Uh, Josh Allen, I'm not sure of the odds, but if he's not a top-two MVP candidate, even ahead of perhaps Lamar Jackson, he should be since this offense retains everyone, including the most important piece, Brian Dable, which allows them to release John Brown. Uh, Brown, of course, would make a significant impact if fully healthy, next year as he did when he was healthy this past year but overall just to put in a rookie who already showed he can be successful at the next level but then one that knows the offense as well at least one year into it I think could easily be just a seamless transition I think you know drafting a a pretty cheap receiver on a super pass heavy offense I think is just just that in itself even if he's not impressive is is a good (laughs) idea but in this case we're you know we're talking about a guy in Davis who who was impressive in the, in the opportunity uh, that he saw last year. Uh, you know, there's there's no real reason to think that the Bills are going to try to establish in 2021, and you know Davis could be one of one of the main uh, beneficiaries from that. E- even more so than 
than like a boom bust kind of player. I think, I think we could, could see, you know, if he's given like a full complement of snaps uh, in that offense, uh, you know, you could see consistent production from someone who you could draft as like, well, it depends on how you draft, but you could draft him probably as your like wide receiver. I don't know, four right now, at least. And I don't want to take away from what Brown does around the entire route tree, but to fill his void, like the market isn't short of those deep ball guys uh, that you can get on one or two year flyers, like Rashad Perryman, who would be probably the more expensive of the batch. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's probably looking for a one year prove it deal. Professional NBA top shotter Chris Conley's out there. So <laughs> there are options you can go outside of Brown if you go that route. Dago, we promised you one more tight end before this is all done. So I think Denny is maybe going to unveil that now. Do I have, mm-hmm. that, do I have that right, Denny? I, you you do have it right, and I feel some pressure uh, now. I mean, we the, the whole show has led up to this. Um, <laughs> oh, God, and uh, and it's and it goes like this. So the uh, the Bears are probably going to part ways with uh, Jimmy Graham, who is James. Go- that's James Graham to you. James Q Graham the fourth, who of course is turning fifty this year. Um, but uh, you know that that opens up uh, a starting job potentially for Cole Komet, and Cole Komet was. Uh, no doubt frustrating last year as someone who touts uh, streaming tight ends because I hate myself. Uh, <laughs> you know, Komet was, Komet was frustrating because all the peripheral stats were there. You know, he's playing a, a lot of snaps. He's running a lot of routes. It just, it really wasn't happening. But, but, but from week 10 to 17 last year, Komet out-targeted Graham 34 to 20 while running 77 more pass routes over that span. The fantasy production, unfortunately, was not close uh, because Graham scored six more touchdowns than Komet over that stretch. So that it's just you know, like like I said, tight ends. If you don't get touchdowns, you you don't get anything usually. You know, Graham was clearly the preferred uh, option near the goal line. He drew five end zone targets over the second half of the season uh, to one end zone target for Komet. The hope, I guess, would be. Not, I guess the hope would be. I'm going to be clear about this. The hope would be that that Cole Komet uh, absorbs some or all of that, you know, opportunity near the paint, you know, near the end zone. And if he does, you know, I think he he could be, you know, about as useful as probably more useful than Troutman. That, that that's that's what I'll say. That's what I'll say. Top eighteen. You're going to go top eighteen. I'd say easily top thirty. You know. So more useful than Troutman <laughs> is now the bar, huh? Uh, uh, yeah, scintillating stuff. Uh, it's hot. It, Cole Komet, he is six foot six, so he's dying to take over in the red zone near the goal line. And you know, this is a pick. It was a picks bereft Bears team last year, and it was not a position of need tight end for the Bears. And they made him the number forty three overall pick. So they do clearly believe in the player, like. As you said, the usage was intriguing. The production was not. But, I mean, that is nothing unusual at tight end. And could maybe famous last words, but, like, usage is almost more important than production for a young tight end because he's at least learning the ropes. The team believes in him. And, like, the, the, the production just isn't there a lot of times for rookie tight ends, especially in kind of the coronavirus year where there was no offseason practices, so on and so forth. And uh, not just Jimmy Graham likely being cut. I mean, Allen Robinson, he could be back via the franchise tag. But even if Allen Robinson's back – you know, not a, a talented skill group, not a deep skill group. So skill group where that opportunity is really going to be there. And yeah, for as like underwhelming as the raw production was for Cole Komet, uh, it's uh, not debatable. Like the opportunity is there for him and he could very much be streamer and fantasy relevant this year. If the bears do not decide to tag Robinson, like Pat said, and they get rid of Jimmy Graham, 
the sky's the limit, if only because of the opportunity available. Like that is one in two in red zone targets, targets inside the 10 and end zone targets for Chicago last year. Uh, and that was that was the issue. That's what Danny talked about is that even though Komet was running more routes than Graham over that last month or whatever of the season, the fact was when they got inside the paint, they took him off the field and just were featuring Graham. And Graham did well. He still caught touchdowns, but that's all he was at that stage of his career. So removing him, I think, yeah, Komet definitely has promise. Um, top 19 for me. Beyond top 30. <laughs> there we go. Daigle... My sources are saying you may have one more team you want to bring to the table here, so hit us with it. When you said we had one more tight end to talk about, I thought Diddy chose mine. I didn't realize we actually had two more tight ends to talk oh, about. Oh, no. Wow. So this is actually Diddy's dream scenario. Let's go. We're talking about potential cut and that spot's opening at tight end for teams because I think Zach Ertz is likely gone. Uh, 30 years old, do $8.5 million in salary this offseason. It's impossible to imagine the Eagles even want to keep him around now, especially as uh, the relationship, personally, I believe, is frayed. He seems unhappy unha- now. Um, and that would take him and Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson out of the picture. Jeffrey and Ertz, which, of course, played significantly, for whatever reason, down the stretch. So that makes, in my opinion, Jalen Rager the more volatile mid-round winner for offseason dynasty leagues and uh and best ball drafts and next year even because he's going to get those deep shots since Jalen Hurts averaged five per game and then Dallas Goddard of course is a lock in usage because even in his four games without Zach Ertz last year and it's a small sample I know but he did run around on 90% of the team's dropbacks in that span so I think Dallas Goddard would essentially be glued to the field as an option we have just been waiting around salivating for to finally get freed from the jaws of of like Ertz just soaking up useless targets in his stead. Yeah, I mean, Zachary, it would still be surprising because a player is like so synonymous with the organization, but all the reasons John has said, the well seems to be poisoned. The team is rebuilding. Uh, the player was It not- seems like he had more of a relationship with Doug Peterson than anyone else there. Yes, it's just not moving well at all last year. It just, every, I mean, it just seems like a move, really. It's tough to say this for the player when they're getting cut, but it seems like a move that would probably make sense for both sides. Like the Eagles need to move on to Dallas Goddard. Zach Ertz kind of needs a fresh start. I have to know what that is. I have to know. Don't you dare edit that out of this podcast. What is oh, that? I won't. Something's coming through someone's wall. What's going uh, on here? Uh, it's my, it's construction up above. Hey, I thought I put this down. And saw that your I was, child I was, was hoping it's like Pat's kids got a new toy and I had to know what it was. But it did sound like that. It's just Denny's uh, intern operating the bandsaw in his office. Got um, it. That would be an aggressive kid toy if your kids <laughs> indeed got something that loud. I'll say so. Dallas Goddard obviously uh, gets some benefit. I hope Jalen Rager does, but like, is Jalen Rager kind of like the Miles Sanders of receivers, like an explosive guy who should be making big plays, but just like runs into people's backs a lot? It was kind of like the sense I got from Jalen Rager as a rookie. And as someone who is a dynasty holder, uh, I would like Jalen Rager to take a step forward as a sophomore. But it, it was hard to find positive things to say about Jalen Rager as a rookie. He had a minute. There was one game there, wasn't there? Maybe he had one catch, one long catch. I don't he know. either played with Carson Wentz or was injured. And there yeah. wasn't any in between. So I'm just going to go remove the year. Reminder that he uh, led the nation in yards per route run. And or no, I'm sorry, I'm not ready for my college stats. Never mind, just forget I said that. <laughs> yeah, my college notebook is talented. Rager caught a long ball in week one against Washington. There you go. That's my there, college there, notebook. 
That was, that was it. it. That was it. The reg- the darkest Rager moment was, I think it was the before halftime against the Cowboys, and they set up like an amazing like hook and ladder type Hail Mary where he had this caravan of blockers in front of him, and he managed to get tackled by like one guy. Like it was a it was it was a meme. It was a whole ordeal. You should look it up. It was a great story that I just told. Him. <laughs> He, he was getting all the prayer yards initially, and then he came back injured and yada, yada. Just go to Roto World and look at the rookie blur. Look at the rookie blur, the draft blur. I had it in there. I don't know what Roto World is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was, go to the edge. Go to the edge. Go, go edge yourself and look at the Jalen Rager rookie blur. <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. We know that Hayden Winks is churning out off-season team previews on NBC Sports Edge. We know Denny recently cranked out a meaty kicker column. What else do we want to promote, fellas? Anything? Trying to do a free agency primer, which I guess I am just now committing myself to since I'm announcing it on the podcast, uh, doing a free agency primer and uh, hopefully dropping next week, March 9th or 10th, folks. I, I'm you know, theoretically writing another kicker column based on expected opportunity. You're and fired. you know if if I if I get fired for it, then so be it. I've, t- I've taken the stand. I'm just happy you're back this week because you got fired last week for writing that first kicker column. So I'm just happy to still see you here. The National Labor Relations Board has stepped in. That's right. Times. He knows all the levers to pull. He's impossible to fire. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Daigle, Pat, Denny. Thanks, guys. Thanks to all of you for listening. We will see you next week.